Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. There's a lot of chance of marketing on the supermarket shelf. You know, almonds, you know, good healthy product when you eat them whole, but, you know, you've really got to dig into that detail on the packaging to see exactly what's in a product. Hi, I'm Carol Hirschfeld. Now, I love the idea of work-life balance, but to be frank, I am way off the pace. My reality might be just a bit like yours. I've got too much on all of the time. I'm always looking for those life hacks, and if I hear something is good for me, I am buying, often without really looking into it. That's where this podcast, Healthy or Hoax, comes in. We've done the hard work for you and condensed it into 20 minutes to fit into your own busy schedule. Hope you enjoy. Come along, girls, on your feet. Where are we going? Milking dumbbells with Mary. Well, once upon a time, milk was just milk, like in this old tally ad. You know, I'm so old, I can remember when it cost two cents for a bottle of milk that had a nice shiny lid on top. Morning, girls. Why does Murray want our milk? Give it to the cat? All of us, big cats. People drink it. Why? It's good for them. Complete food in a single drink. Nowadays, cow's milk is giving way to a staggering array of alternatives, with some very clever companies having figured out how to put the squeeze on everything from macadamia nuts, soy, rice, coconuts, to even oats. These replacement milks are marketed as low-calorie, low-fat alternatives to dairy. Radio producer Linda Chanwai Earl very kindly offered to try almond milk over the summer holidays to very mixed responses from her children and friends. Okay, I just had my first glass of almond milk and it was quite yummy and really nice. I'm not quite sure what I'm expecting to change Um, and certainly all the... Uh, lovely wine and bubbly and cheese and crackers and goodies that I've been consuming over Christmas probably won't help (laughs) in terms of um, any kind of perceived um, weight loss or whatever is supposed to happen with one cup of almond milk per day Uh, in gorgeous sunny Hawke's Bay. So day one for my almond milk. For breakfast we're having homemade granola sweetened by maple syrup. And we're sitting in Waterview overlooking the, ma- the, the mangrove estuary of oh, this beautiful fine summer's morning with dear Linda. And we're ha- I'm, having, I'm having the almond milk with this gorgeous homemade breakfast, this homemade muesli. Now the muesli's also got toasted almonds and um, blueberries mm. and yoghurt on the top. Yes, you've got to have blueberries in summer because it's the fruit of the gods. That's so true, that's so true. <laughs> right now I feel like a real goddess. It's fantastic, thank you. 
So that is a little recipe with almond milk. Well, I did this for one month. I diligently drank my one metric cup of almond milk every day, even on my road trip throughout the North Island. And my two little girls tried it out too. What did we think? Nice in smoothies or muesli or hot chocolate. But honestly, I didn't notice any changes in my hair, skin or nails. And I thought it was a bit expensive. And we all agreed that it tasted a little bit of cardboard. So will I be carrying on with it? Nah, I don't think so. Well, I must admit, I'm a big consumer of almond milk myself and in the past have blithely bought it without thinking too much about what's in it. Now, I'm not inclined to read the labels, but luckily for all of us, consumers food writer Belinda Castles does it for a living. So what's actually in these milk substitutes? The biggest ingredient is water and then often the second most biggest ingredient is actually sugar. And some people would be quite horrified that a lot of products only contain 2% almonds. So that's pretty minimal. I'm shocked. I I, I thought I'd get more than 2% of almonds given the price of it. No, well, to put it into context, so if you made almond milk yourself, which quite frankly most people don't have the time and inclination to do, you'd get up around 12%, maybe 18% almonds, but that's still a lot more than, than 2%. More and more consumers are using these alternative milks. Why is that, Belinda? Well, I think there's a little bit of the push away from people wanting to have dairy foods, you know, rightly or wrongly, and whether it's for health reasons or intolerances or environmental reasons. But people need to consider that dairy milk is high in a lot of important nutrients, especially calcium, and some of these other plant-based alternatives they, they either are fortified with calcium or some of them don't have any of it at all. So they're not as complete a food as milk from dairy. Because, as you've mentioned, there's, there's such a sparse amount of nutrient in these milks, they are being fortified. Yes, some are being fortified and they will tell you if they're being fortified and you'll be able to look on the back to see how much calcium is there, for example. So a good thing to do if you're wanting to get say, in a milk that's equivalent, say, in calcium to cow's milk. Get some cow's milk, have a look on the back, see how much calcium is in there per 100 mils, and then go back to the product you're looking at buying. The information's all on the labels. It's just often a bit hard to find it. It is indeed. Or we're just a bit lazy. Yeah, there's probably a little bit that. Or time poor. Or dragging your kids around the supermarket. So it's just... (laughs) All of those things, all of the above. What really surprised me when I was in the supermarket recently, Belinda, was the number of different kinds of alternative milks there are. There's oat milk, there's rice milk, there's almond milk. Did you find much or know of much variation between these different milks? Oh, not really. I mean, the the oat milk has a bit more protein than your rice milk and your almond milk. Rice milk tends to naturally be a little bit higher in sugar, but there's lots of different flavoured varieties of them too, so I think that's really important that people look at, one, the title of the product and check whether it's sweetened or not, and then also check that ingredients list to see what's exactly in it. So the first ingredient will be the most dominant, and you know follow that down to the least, and that may be your 2% almonds. There's a lot of chance of marketing on the supermarket shelf. You know, almonds, you know, good, healthy product when you eat them whole. But, you know, you've really got to dig into that detail on the packaging to see exactly what's in a product.
Well, even ignoring the ridiculous question of how you milk an almond in the first place, there may be as little as 2% of the nut in the carton anyway. But that doesn't seem to put people off at all, as food writer Nikki Bazant explains. The global market for dairy alternatives, believe it or not, is set to reach $19.5 billion by 2020. It's going up 15% a year. So across the world, it's a trend that is growing. And the reasons are tricky to pin down. I think it's not necessarily people shifting from dairy to alternatives. Partly it is that. Uh, There are people, more people going vegan, for example. I think there's probably a growing awareness amongst people who can't have dairy that there are that there are there's a need for alternatives and there are pockets of populations around the world who really have a very low tolerance for lactose it's a processed food that's the thing it's it's in a way more processed than than dairy is because it's got to be it's got to be to get milk out of almonds is the natural <laughs> yeah. thing a lot of almond milk in particular is sweetened to make the flavor better so it's worth keeping an eye on whether the one that you use has actually got sugar and stuff in it. And then the other thing about them is that they're not necessarily very high in any particular nutrients either. So you're not getting, unless it's added in, you're not getting calcium, for example. So we're back to the issue of the nutritional difference between dairy milk and the alternatives, which begs the question, are the substitutes actually any good for you? I think it's a tricky question, isn't it? If you're lactose intolerant, then yes, it's good for you because it's helping you not to have these kinds of unpleasant symptoms that you get from having dairy. Um, It's not bad for you, but you're not necessarily getting the nutrients that you would get out of a dairy milk. Because I think there is this perception that these milk alternatives are health-giving in some way. Yeah, I would suggest that's probably not the case. It's interesting, though, because I suspect it might be, again, a, a thing that exists in a little bubble. It's still quite niche, I think. And I actually did something on this recently for my Herald column where I wanted to look at, is this actually a turning away from dairy. Are people abandoning dairy because they're going vegan or they're going paleo? Uh, And, you know, is it it causing a decline in the sales of dairy? And in fact, it's not. So that tells us something. You know, in New Zealand, dairy sales have been steadily growing for the last 10 years. Fonterra is celebrating, undoubtedly. Yeah, so so although Fonterra says that, 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 and they ran a campaign about this earlier in the year, they say that dietary fads and special interest groups are chipping away at dairy's reputation, and they've been running this kind of milk is cool campaign, in fact, we don't seem to be having any less dairy. So something else is going on, and maybe it's something that is very niche. Are you a fan? I don't mind. I quite like the taste of almond milk, actually. I quite like them in a coffee or whatever. Uh, I generally would have dairy, probably, because I just prefer the taste. And, and it, for me, in cooking, it performs better. You can't make that good of a sauce with almond milk, I don't think. <laughs> Bit thin. Yeah, it just doesn't quite have the thickening properties. Auckland University professor David Cameron-Smith says these products shouldn't even really be called milk in the first place. Most of these new milks that are on the market are the result of sophisticated manufacturing techniques. They're not made from gently crushed almonds. They're made from very sophisticated processing techniques that have been able to mill these almonds to a very fine grade and to be able to macerate them and pulp them to be able to produce this white product. So what you're getting is a manufactured product, a manufactured product to which other things are added 
to stabilise and add in the vitamins and minerals that are present in milk. Of all of the of all of the milk products, almond milk contains probably the best source of protein and probably the best sorts of fats. If we turn our attention to rice milk, rice milk is very low in protein, contains some carbohydrate and once again the vitamins and minerals that are often spouted on the packaging have been added to try to make it equivalent to cow's milk. Milk says they're strictly defined are the product of uh, mammalian reproduction and maternal care. And so milk should really only apply to the, um, the secretions of mammals. Almond milks and the other milks that you can buy on the shelf are just simply white fluids that are given the name milk and they are not technically milks. Okay, not even milk then. But what does this nutrition expert say about drinking these white liquids? There's no doubt that there's a percentage of the population who show intolerances and allergies to dairy products and so they provide uh, a degree of alternate for those people. But too often those symptoms are poorly described or self-ascribed. So there's no evidence to suggest that they need to make that cross. So for an adult, um, milk or these products should only form a small basis of total nutrition. Where it becomes problematic is early in life and late in life. So they are no substitute for uh, cow's milk for younger children because we know that cow's milk is a very, very effective source of a number of vitamins and minerals and it's also a remarkable source in terms of protein. And they simply cannot be delivered by these milk-like products. Once again, for the old, we know that older people benefit from the value of dairy protein. And dairy protein is the the essential component of lots of the fortified food products that are given to old people that have shown to be effective in helping them recover and repair after serious illness. So if you can afford to pay for it and you're not consuming vast quantities of it, you are also consuming water and other forms of hydration and having a mixed and varied diet, then it's unlikely to do you any harm, but it's certainly not going to be the panacea for a healthy lifestyle. David made a really interesting point there about children and older people. We followed this up with Associate Professor Anne-Louise Heath from Otago University, who's done research into toddler formula. Basically, she found children given formula instead of cow's milk tended to have higher levels of iron, vitamin D and iodine, all things lacking in many of us. The key point is that they were replacing cow's milk, not breast milk. But she does worry the promotion of toddler formula is being used to push infant formula for babies. That's certainly something that I I am concerned about. Um, it is acceptable still to advertise toddler milk, and I'm totally happy, in fact, with them advertising toddler milk as long as it's being made clear that this is to replace standard cow's milk you just get out of the bottle. That's totally fine with me. I think it's a great idea. But um, the concern, I guess, is that a lot of the marketing almost feels as if we're trying to piggyback some collateral benefit, shall we say, onto infant formula, in that these toddler milks are marketed in the same sorts of cans as the infant formula, and they are in the same aisles in the supermarket. So it really, I think there is an attempt to give the impression that toddler milk is great and therefore these earlier versions might also be really good for baby. And of course what we really want ideally is for mums to get enough support 
from the community and from family to be able to breastfeed. And then at a stage when they would normally be starting on cow's milk, baby would normally start having cow's milk around 12 months of age, fine, at that point bring in uh, fortified milk. The non-dairy milk substitutes we've been talking about are required by law to say on the carton whether or not they're suitable for children. Those with less protein than milk are not deemed suitable as a complete milk replacement for children under five. And those with the same protein but less fat are not advised as a replacement for those under two years old. Unless your child is lactose intolerant, it seems like it's better to avoid milk substitutes. If you've got no choice, then find the most fortified version you can. But what about the rest of us? Well, firstly, I've learned that almond milk shouldn't even really be called milk at all. Maybe we should call it juice, like my colleague Simon Morton from RNZ's This Way Up program discovered. And the concept with almond milk is what exactly? Are you just essentially extracting sort of juice out of this seed? It is a seed, isn't it, an almond? Uh, It's a tree nut, but yeah, you are extracting juice, I suppose you could call it. (laughs) We often get people saying, how do you milk a nut? Um, (laughs) It's a good question. Yeah. That's the sound of almonds being poured into a large colander so that they can be rinsed. And so how long have those almonds been soaking for? They've been soaking for about 13 hours. So now Olivia is just filling up our water container with the required amount of water for this batch. Okay, so now we've blended all the almonds and the water together and we then go into the process of straining it through a bag. So I'm just going to pour some of the slurry mix in here. And this is like a muslin bag. This is a filtration system, is it? This is, yeah, this is a, a filtration system. So then it's just a process of, yeah, squeezing, straining to get as much liquid out as possible. Oh, it smells divine. I'm really starting to get some nutty, savoury... It's quite tasty. I'm Actually, my mouth's watering, which is a dangerous <laughs> thing. I'll pull away in case yeah, I dribble into your sanitised product. <laughs> While it's not going to do me any harm, I could be missing out on the protein, fat, calcium and other vitamins and minerals that I'd get with milk. That is, milk that comes from a cow. Legitimate, actual, official milk. So how does it rate on the Healthy or Hoax ranking? Well, I'm giving it two out of five stars. It probably deserves a three, but I've deducted one point for really being not quite as health-giving as we thought. Having said that, I'll probably buy it again. Go figure. That's me for this episode. Next time, I'll be taking you into the soothing world of flotation tanks. Stay healthy. Healthy or Hoax is presented by Carol Hirschfeld and produced by Kate Pereira-Garcia. You can subscribe to it or a range of other RNZ podcasts on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us when you're there. It really helps. And if you enjoyed this show, perhaps you'd like to try RNZ's weekly science podcast, Our Changing World. Check it out. But for now, thanks for listening.